I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I apologize in advance for any voice craziness. I'm just getting over bronchitis. So um, listen, I want to tell you I've got a very, very cool dude on the show today. You guys are going to see here in a second when I bring him on. But um, this guy is this guy is he's the shit i'm i'm just gonna tell tell it like it is so i want to welcome mike fallett to the show mike welcome to the show brother how you doing man thanks so much man i'm looking forward to this so uh, when we talked i guess it was about two weeks ago uh you know i've been looking forward to this date so i really appreciate the time and the uh the availability to for me to, to have me on i guess man dude it's it's awesome so you know i, I created this show last um april and it was really, you know, I've been incredibly blessed in life. And, and I thought, you know, I want to start giving back more. And so I, I created this show so I could interview people. Because, look, I, I think that we all grow and, and win bigger by hearing other people's stories of, of hitting that wall. Because we all, right, we all get stuck. Every yeah. one of us, right? And so a, a lot of people give up, throw in the towel, move, you know. And, and I think that it's empowering to hear how somebody's, you know, and I want to hear your story. So um, let's start with where were you born and raised? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 1984. Oh, <laughs> well, I think I'm my penguins. Anybody a penguin fan, I always have something penguins related on, I believe. So, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, blue collar mentality through and through. And, you know, it's not too common. You see a lot of entrepreneurs around here. So I actually made a decision a couple of years ago to say, you know what, I can't focus on Pittsburgh. I have to look outside of Pittsburgh to start meeting entrepreneurs. And that's what we, we, we really grew as a company. And now, now that we're working with entrepreneurs all over the world, we basically are getting connections in Pittsburgh. So it's weird how it's kind of ass backwards where usually you focus on your local town or city. It's the opposite for us. That's awesome, dude. As you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Steelers fan. Linda Ann Barber's on here. She, she just said, go Steelers. I love oh, Linda. yeah. I know Linda. She's awesome. Yeah, I do, too. I love Linda. She's amazing. So, um, so you know, I used to live in Pittsburgh. I told you that. I lived in Dormont. That's crazy because I'm in the North Hills, which we're about – you know, 25 minutes away from Dormont, and yeah. uh, my assistant lives in Delmont, so whenever you, I still have to think about the two, like Dormont, Delmont, yeah. and I was just in Dormont, because uh, I don't know if you see the company that I invested in, the Sock Balance, all right? A sock model lives in, in Dormont, and so I have to go there and drop off some socks every once in a while. Oh my God, <laughs> dude, that's awesome, man, that's awesome. So, so um, and if you've never been, by the way, I lived on Potomac, and I lived on like have you been on potomac i'm sure you have like it's, oh yeah oh yeah yeah like dude that that was when i first moved to pittsburgh 
and I, it was with a company and I had corporate housing set up. And so they're like, well, here's the keys to your place and good luck, you know. So I'm driving <laughs> and I'm driving a stick shift, man. And it's winter. And I'm like, holy mother of God, you want me to go up that road? <laughs> Are you kidding me? What the hell? So anyway, oh, yeah. it's, Pittsburgh's awesome, though. So, so you grew up in Pittsburgh and it's in, in a blue collar mentality. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, Pittsburgh's the, the steel town, man. It's all, it's, it's, it's blue collar. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, everyone I know has that blue collar mentality, which I mean, we're hard workers. And when you yeah. think of the Steelers, you think of just like, you know, you think of like a hard working football team, maybe not now from all the news that's going on, but uh, that's what you think of. And that's why I love this city. It's, yeah. it's a low cost to, to live. And people are always wonder why do I stay here whenever most of my clients are in Texas and Florida and California. And that's where main, my main business is because I write books for entrepreneurs. Right. And I just can't leave the town. Number one, I, you know, my family, but number two, I just, I love the city. It's, it's a, it's a small city and I know it very well. Yeah, it's it's an awesome city. So so let's talk about growing up in a because I was raised by blue collar parents. Um, were you raised by? Blue oh yeah, collar? yeah, yeah. My dad was in the navy, got out, got into heating and air conditioning, and so he did heating and air conditioning for the airport. You know, he was a stationary engineer out okay. there. So if the heating or cooling system broke down, he would fix it. Okay. And my mom was a stay at home mom, and then she got into she did some part time work whenever we got older. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, I grew up digging ditches in the woods, cutting trees, uh, (laughs) landscaping and, uh, you know, went to that to working at a a gas station to being a janitor. I mean, you just, you name it. I've done every kind of hard labor type work construction. Uh, and that's really my backbone. It's like, I know I I have the work ethic and I know I can outwork people. I might not have the brains or the best schools under my belt, but uh, I know I can outwork people. And I think it goes back to the blue collar mentality. Yeah, sure it does. And and so, and, and you mentioned gas station. Just, I got to make a side note comment, dude. So this is one of the things about Pittsburgh that, that drove me crazy. Like when I first moved there, I, I'm, I'm sober today. I've been sober 16 and a half years, but... But I drank. I, I I drank a lot when I lived in the burg, dude. And so, like, I, I remember, like, down at the bottom of Potomac, there was a BP gas station or something. And and like my first night there, I, I pop into the BP. I'm gonna grab a 12 pack of Bud Light or something, right? You don't do that in Pittsburgh. You can't. Can't do it. Can't dude, do it. What? I mean, now they're getting into with the get goes and stuff, but uh, oh, back I then. Think- you can't do that. You had to go to a, a beer distributor or something. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I worked at too. I worked at a beer distributor. But yeah, that's craziness that you go to a different state and you can just pop into a 7-Eleven and pick up a six-pack. It's still it's still mind-blowing. I, I, could, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you got to be kidding <laughs> So, but that, that's just a funny side note. If you ever move to Pittsburgh, don't stop at a gas station hoping to get some beer because it doesn't work. So, so. But anyway, so like you were, so, so you had, you were raised in this blue collar mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. What was it like growing up for you as a kid? I mean, did you always like work or did you, do you remember when you first started? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I was always cutting grass since I was probably 12, 13, or 14. Uh, I'd always try to do something for money. Uh, I was obsessed with money when I was younger. Yeah. I was always saving it. Uh, so when I got my first job, a real you know W-2 job, which I still have this, this stub for, it was at a convenience store. And wow. uh, you know I, I bought a 1988 Honda Civic hatchback for 800 bucks, which did not start in the sun. Think about this. I had a car that didn't start in the sunlight because – Long story short, there's this thing underneath the dashboard. If it gets hot, it breaks apart. And uh, so I had a car we called the Night Rider. I could only drive it at night safely. Oh my so anyway. <laughs> oh, my so, God. You got to so be kidding I me. I worked at a convenience store, and I worked nonstop. All I cared about from ninth grade, I guess it was on ninth, tenth, and even eleventh, was working. Friday, Saturdays, I would save my money. And one of the employers comes to me. Actually, not the employer. The boss, the owner of the company, which I didn't know really well at the time. He's a multimillionaire. Comes yeah. down one day and he goes, "What? Why are you not cashing your paycheck?" And I said, "Well, if I, I can't cash them, I mean, I haven't, I didn't cash them for like nine, ten months or something like that. A long time. I saved up five thousand dollars." And he's like, "Why are you not cashing the paychecks? It's screwing up, it's screwing up the whole books with our company." And I little did I know how much that really does affect things. There wasn't, you know, ACH direct deposit. And so he says, you mean to tell me as a 16-year-old kid, you're not even spending money because you're so afraid of, like, you know, losing it? I'm like, yeah, I want to make enough money so I can, you know, financially set someday. And he goes, okay, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'm going to show you a couple of things. So at 16 years old, this man gives me, you know, some guidance on investing and all that just because – I showed him that I was at least, you know, responsible enough not to spend my money on stupid stuff. So right. when I turned 18, he kind of really showed me a couple of things, gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad. The book changed my life, and uh, off I was uh, into the entrepreneurial world, uh, knowing that I wanted to become someone like him in some aspect. Dude, that's freaking awesome, man! So, so, where, <laughs> where you, so you graduated high school? Yep, high school. Okay. So I was I graduated high school. I was either going to go to the Navy. Follow my dad's footsteps. Uh, my dad said no at the time. Don't go to the Navy. So I was going to go to Pitt. First, or I was going to go. I'll do Kane was so far above my pay grade, I couldn't afford that whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it'd be nice to get in there, but I can't afford it. So I had those three colleges. I submitted my uh, application for all three. Pitt rejected me because my grades. I was a BC student, as I posted yeah. today. Yeah. Robert Morris accepted me. And Duquesne accepted me, and I was like, "Wow, I can't go to Duquesne." I take that application or take that acceptance letter down to my employer, and he goes, "You better go to Duquesne. You'll figure out a way to pay for it down the road." So uh, I went to Duquesne, and I was going to go for marketing. He said, "No, go for finance," and I was off and running at Duquesne University in a finance degree. And, wow! And uh, and that was how it all started. I mean, the employer really, really guided me. I mean, I had no one to look up to who was financially set. And I kind of just looked to him. And I said, what do I do? And this was the guy at the convenience store? Yep. He owned restaurants, convenience wow. stores, uh, real estate. Very successful entrepreneur. You know, he's one of those guys that I looked at. He was my hero back then. And obviously over time, your heroes change. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. was someone that uh, was a mentor, uh, someone that gave me some answers at least at a young age. Wow, man. That's, you know what? That's awesome. And that, you know, so many people say they made it on their own or they, dude, no way, man. There's not one person so, on this planet that made it on their own. Not one. Well, well, we just did a documentary and, if, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
talks about this all the time. Self-made is a complete farce. It's a joke because no matter what, do you mean you mean to tell me you made it without any clients? You did all the video yourself, all the marketing. You didn't have any employees. You didn't have – come on. But uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger almost rejected being the Terminator because he thought it was a BS fine, uh, sci-fi film. And it wasn't for James Cameron coming on and saying, listen, I know you only have like 18 lines in the movie, but give me a shot. And Arnold almost turned the thing down because he thought it was such a joke of a movie. So without wow. James Cameron even, you would never, ever know yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger like we know today. Yeah, dude, that's your your thousand percent correct. So, you know, I think um, as as you so you started into you got a finance degree from Duquesne. Yep. And yep. and um, what happened right out of college? Did you did you get a job? Well, I thought I was going to go and work for this man who kind of uh, guided me into that direction. So yeah. he kept promising. And this is where this is what I learned not to do. Okay, he made a lot of empty promises. Hey, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to get you this job. I'm going to yeah. get you this type of money. I got out of school, and he had me cutting his grass. All right. So oh, I have God. a degree at Duquesne University, and I'm cutting grass for a summer. Yikes. What do you think that looks like to my family, my friends, and all that? But it was very humbling. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I just gotta, I just gotta, I just gotta grind, cut grass. Did not make more than 500 bucks a week, and I'm in debt and all this. You know, it's 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 a scary time. Anyway, I trust him. Anyway, year two comes up, and I still am cutting grass. Oh my and I think God. to myself, it is time for me to go. I'm 23 years old. I was 23, and I got to do something. So I started looking into financial uh, or real estate. I became my own real estate agent. Yeah. And I said, listen, boss, boss, uh, I'm going to be going into the, the real estate world, become my own real estate agent. Uh, I still want to work for you just in some other aspect. And once I started to like think for myself, that's whenever he started to get you know, a little bit uh, disturbed about it. And so we kind of started to cut ties right then and there when I started wanting more out of life. I became a real estate agent. I bought my first building at 23 years old. It was a four-unit building. Started wow. making a little bit extra cash flow, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. And so I, you know, I quit that job, and now I started looking off into, an, a, you know, starting my own other business with startups and, and working for event companies and just really finding myself. And I think that's another, you know, ingredient to it that you really do have to break away from that, you know, that comfort zone yep. and, and find yourself through difficult, scary times where there's no sure answers. And I did that for a few years. Started three different businesses, failed all three times, but yeah. the fourth business succeeded. And that's whenever that kind of got me into the grind of, uh, okay, this is what you have to do to, to be an entrepreneur. It was a direct-to-home dog product service. And it basically shipped toys and treats to your dog, very similar to BarkBox. Are you a dog lover? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, that's what I started to go to dog shows and all that. And it started to work really well. And then people started coming to me and asking me for advice. Now I was working the side business, making about probably thirty to forty thousand dollars a year. So I still had to have some type of other job, yeah. which I worked for in the corporate world, which was you know home remodeling. And so whenever I started to really start to focus on more of the business because it was starting to take off a little bit, yeah. that's when that business was starting to get mad at me and saying, "Well, you can't do this. You can't do that." And I'm thinking to myself, this is my dream. And so that's whenever I said, okay, I'm going to go to a company that will allow me to do this yeah. until it's up and running. Right. And uh, and let let me grow this business. And then that's whenever it comes uh, down to a, uh, a non-compete clause where I had to go to federal court because I was going from one company to another that was very similar. Yeah. Turned into a big federal court battle. Uh, I couldn't work anywhere. So I would focus on the business. And uh, thank God it all happened because that's when I wrote the book on – 
uh, entrepreneurship in general, and that's what changed my life. Uh, it got me speaking gigs, credibility, and uh, attention online. So it really happened for a reason. Right. It just was a really roundabout way of success. <laughs> but isn't it? You know, you've 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 mentioned a couple of couple of people now that you started to spread your wings, maybe even experience some success. There are people in this world, and there's a lot, it's probably more than less, that actually don't like, they'll say they wanna see you succeed, they wanna help you succeed, but when you start succeeding or having thoughts of your own, they try to hold you down under their, under their right? So that's what they, you they experience you that. Oh, many times, it's yeah. not just, I mean, two, two very significant times in my life. Yeah. And, and you you find out that people always wish you well, just yeah. not better than them. Not better than them. <laughs> it's insane, dude. I don't get that. I, it's it's mind blowing, and that's why you know that once you see that, you're like, okay, I need to make an adjustment in my life. And so now now you meet people yeah. in your life, and you say, well, I've seen this type of person before. I don't need you in my life. I'm gonna go over yeah. this way, and you become smarter. <laughs> right, right. You get you get your BS your BS meter goes off. Oh, like, wait man, a minute! Yeah. Wait a minute! Right. So so <laughs> yeah. so so you start. You wrote it. What was the book that you wrote? It was called Dream Starter: The Startup Business Guide for Diehard Entrepreneurs. Do you, and it do was, you have a copy of it with uh, you? Uh, let's see if I have a bunch of them. Let me see here. I have many books. They're all over. I'd have to go get it, but okay, it's all you right. know, yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of them, and it's a 114 page book. Yeah. Talks about how why did my first three businesses fail, but my fourth one, which was the most simple of all four, succeed? And that's why we realized that the the magic is you know vision, simplicity, having a demand, you know, having having a message that's clear and, and basic, and you don't have to think about changing the world. Just think about changing one person's life or making someone's life a little bit. Eh, maybe easier or there's more convenience to something. And I realized that was what I needed to do with every business. If you can save people time, if you can add convenience, yep. those two things, no matter what, you can always win. And that's what the book was about. Wow. And so what, what happened from there? I, I mean, as you know, I'm a, I'm a best-selling author as well. I'm a number one best-selling author. I can say that now. Very so, nice. So, but like, you know what happened for you from from that moment forward? Because I, I know how that things just start, right? It's oh like, man! It's like the movie The Jerk. You ever see that movie? With no, I'm Steve a big uh, Steve Martin fan, though. I've not seen it though. You haven't seen The Jerk, dude? No, no. Dude, you're only three hours from me. You need to come over. We'll throw it up <laughs> on the TV. So so anyway, you know he's like he gets into the phone book. His name gets listed in the phone book, and he's like. Things are going to start happening for me now, you know. So, like, so talk about what happened after you published your book and all that. Yeah, so I, it became a number one Amazon bestseller. I yeah. realized what I needed to do to, to learn that strategy, reach out to the right people. And all of a sudden, I'm an Amazon bestselling author. So having that title gave me a platform. And now I had some opportunity because people were coming to me and saying, hey, how did you do that? Oh my, I'm thinking to myself, this whole book thing really changed my life. I guarantee it could start to help other people. Yeah. And so what I did was I took that approach of writing for myself and I started writing a book for another person who was an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I realized that if I could save someone time and add convenience to them writing their own book, 
my God, now that's a real business. That is something that could I could scale pretty easily. Yeah. So I started writing. Me personally, I was writing. I was doing the cover design. And then I would have uh, the girl I was dating at the time editing the books. And so I had this little process and it started to work. And I started getting a bunch of clients. And now all of a sudden that kind of spilled over into many clients. And then I realized I need to hire more writers and more editors. And I just started to snowball out into this bigger business that kind of just came from I guess you would say that uh, an accident, you know, I wrote a book, but I had no idea how much it was like a chainsaw. I went through and, you know, I had a hatchet before with this ability to help people start businesses, but I couldn't cut through noise. And as soon as I had a book in my hand, now I could say, hey, read this. Here's what I did. I showed commitment. I showed my expertise. And that's when I got attention. And it's becoming easier and easier in this world to start businesses, but becoming harder harder to get attention, hence the jacket. You know, when you're scrolling through, does this person say that they're a best-selling author? If so, that's a little bit different than the person down the road. I'm going to give them three more seconds of attention. Right. And that's that's the magic of it. So it, people started to come to me for the best-seller strategy, writing books, cover design, editing format, and uh, I started helping them. It's not just about the book. It's about the marketing with the book. And yep. That's sort of our expertise. It's, it, it, it changed my life, and I know it changed other people's lives the moment they had that you know, tangible item in their hand. We got Kevin Tetch, or we got you know, all these people I've worked with one-on-one, and I know that this has increased their brand overnight. It's an asset yeah. for life. Yeah, and, and that's, that's – you know, I've talked to people about you know, writing books. I've helped some people, and, I, and, and you know, I'm like, don't – don't think for a minute that you're going to get rich selling books on Amazon because that that's not the purpose, right? Right. That's not right. the purpose. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I, don't get me wrong. I made I made a couple thousand dollars in in the first month, <laughs> right? Because you're pushing so hard at first, but but dude, that's not getting rich. It's a it's a really really cool business card to have though. Oh my God, that's that. Yeah. So people come to me and say, Hey, do you think this story is going to sell? And I said, Whoa, 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 whoa. You could have the greatest story in the world. That doesn't mean it's going to sell. That's right. It's how you use it is actually the magical, uh, you know, piece to if you're going to be successful or not. So content's great. It's phenomenal. It's going to, you know, affect other people's lives. It's going to build relationships with your readers. But if you use this in a certain way, you're going to get speaking gigs. You're going to get attention. You're going to get opportunity. You're going to get affiliations. You're going to be able to get leads, and it's the lead generator. Yeah. So you make a hundred times more money on the back end, in the indirect approach, than you do on the direct sales approach. Right, right. So, so you've helped a lot of people write their books. About 150. Yeah, and I know you're helping my buddy. Brian Hess. Brian Hess, man. He's love a good guy. Brian, Pittsburgh. He's, Pittsburgh. He's blue collar AF also. I know. I love that dude, man. <laughs> so so um, I know you're helping him. I think you helped um, Daniel Joseph too, right? Daniel Joseph, yeah. the Savage Grind. Yeah, love yeah, it. He's a good man. Good, These are all good man. people that yeah. they're busy. Entrepreneurs, Ken, you know this. Entrepreneurs are so busy growing their business, talking yeah. to people, shaking hands. Yeah. If they, if they actually took their time away from doing all that and what's really good for their business and, and sat down and wrote a book, it's going to hurt their business. And that's why we have this approach of let's interview entrepreneurs, let's hear their stories, the lessons they want to teach and bring it to life in a book in a very simple manner so they could grow their business and outsource maybe a weakness of theirs. Right, right. 
Yeah, I, I, dude, I love it, man. I, I think what you're doing is phenomenal, and you know, and again, I like I said, I, we've we've helped uh, helped a couple of people as well. It's really cool to watch somebody's, you know, because you hear it. I know you do. You hear people that contact you and say, "Well, I've always thought about writing a book." I mean, I'm 50 years old, dude. I published my book when I was 48, or no, was I 49? I don't know. If, yeah, I was 49, but like. I was like, dude, I had been saying since I was 25 years old that I was going to write a book, you know, yeah. and so many people say you need to write a book and, and, you know, all those fears of, of, well, who's going to publish my book. Right. Cause that was the biggest one. Yeah. Got, well, 25, when you were 25, yeah, Amazon right. wasn't what it is today. No, there was no Amazon. There was no, it didn't even exist. You know, it hadn't, hadn't come up yet. So so like, you know, I was, I was back then there was Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, all these big names that, you know, but they, they had publishing deals, right? Like they had, <laughs> they had deals with these publishing houses that would pay them, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars up front to, to write a book. So, right. you know, and it's like, well, who's going to, I'm a, I didn't even graduate high school. What the hell? Who's going to buy my stuff? Right. Because, you know, you always think. Well, if you write a book, that's how that's how authors get rich, and it's not. <laughs> you look at even the big names. I mean, yeah, sure, yeah. Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, they probably get the publishers to pay them a good bit up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but what what comes from that is you know any book sales, chances are the publishers keeping most of it, you know, and they're not making a lot of money on the back end of it. So the book has given them opportunity to go somewhere to promote. Right. If you have something to promote, I realize that. You know, what I needed every day was something to promote, whether it's a client's book or my what I'm working on or a podcast or a video that I'm creating or a documentary it just gives you the reason to be out in the world and be relevant. And a book is is part of that. Dude, big time. I, I've said it. I, I say it to everybody that I talk. I'm like, you need to write a book. Like, <laughs> I, I really think I, I, it was it was life changing for me. Like, yeah, and I'm not talking about hitting bestseller. I'm not talking about all of that. What was life changing for me was was when I got and you know this, right? You get your copy in the in from Amazon, the the proof copy in the mail, and, and you open it up and you start reading it. Like I couldn't, like I was. Somebody said you'll cry when you get your your when you start reading your book, and I'm like. Yeah, whatever. I'm a macho man. That ain't happening. Dude, I started crying, man. I was like, oh, my God, I'm reading my own damn book. Are you kidding me? It blew me away, man. Blew me away. <laughs> Getting the client's books in the mail, I, I still get that feeling of excitement. Like, it's created. It's a tangible item. I love tangible items. It's real. It's something that can't be taken away. Yeah. And, and, and that feeling of receiving it, knowing that what you did created this. I, uh, it's, I've never felt anything like that in the whole entrepreneur journey, no matter what, getting that first book, but yeah. getting a book in general, I mean, I've created seven for myself and just getting it. You're like, okay, one more tool to add to the chest. Beautiful. I can keep going. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, sorry. I, for anybody that's wondering about silence, I keep muting myself and putting Mike on camera only because I'm like. I'm having some coughing issues here. <laughs> so, um, 
they got me on all these these drugs too. But anyway, so so um, I, yeah, I mean, look, writing a book is is so important. I think that that you obviously, if you've done over 150, like you've got the experience. People need that that direction and help, man. So I'd I'd highly recommend you. So so with the um, one of the things that I like to ask because, like. I mean, we went through your childhood, your schooling and all that really fast. Normally, yeah. I, I dig a little bit deeper um, because, okay. you know, look, you made it sound like everything was easy peasy, no problems in childhood. Everything was perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, you never got in any trouble. You um, you got a finance degree from Harvard and... <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, you, but it, it, you know, we went through it so fast and it, it was like, wow, this guy's just like, you know, this privileged white dude over in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's right. I, I might've sped through some of the bumps, but uh, yeah, now let's, let's talk There's about a lot like, of what are some of the challenges you faced back then, man? Like, you know, th let's talk about the guy that was mentoring you and, and, you know, you're starting to try to spread your wings. Talk about some of the emotions that you felt because I've been there and you want to kill somebody, right? Like, yeah. So talk about that. You, you know, when you are, and I don't know what age most people are starting out and, and really trying to, you know, break away, yeah. but I was pretty young doing it. I mean, 23, I totally on my own. T totally. Like, I mean, I had a four unit building, toilets were breaking, I didn't have enough money. I'm, I couldn't, I didn't want to buy a plunger when the toilets break. I'm trying to fix it with my hands. Oh. You know, you know, I, and then, and, okay, so all this is going on. My employer is turning his back on me. I wanted to show the, you know, I wanted to show him my place and get any advice. He wouldn't give me any information. And you're doing all this now on your, on your own. There's nobody there. So yeah. it pisses you off to such a degree that says, okay, this fire inside of me of whether proving them right or proving them wrong, proving myself right, uh, showing them. Yeah. starts to really build up. And so I started thinking, I don't give a shit what it takes. I'm going to make it. And I'm going to look back and laugh at all these people. And, and, and it's not even just about the, you know, them turning your back on you. It's the people laughing at you. Who does this person think yeah. he is trying to start his own business? Oh my God. Who does this person think he is for writing a book? Oh my God. Who does this person think yeah. he is for putting himself on video every day? This guy's an asshole or he really is an egomaniac. Yep. Then, then, all these bumps and bruises, years and years of failure, and now you start to do well. You start to really succeed. And now those people get really silent. Yeah. But inside of you, you haven't forgotten. Right. So you get a little bit louder around them. You remember that? I remember when you, yeah, yeah. you remember whenever uh, you did this, this, and this, but yeah. I, you know, you don't want to say it, but you make more money than them, and yeah. they laughed at you for starting a business. And they, and, and so, uh, are, are, let me ask you this question. I, I, I kind of, well, I don't know the answer for you. I think it's it's very common among all successful entrepreneurs. But um, were some of those people like close family members? Yeah, I would say uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say family because okay. family. Um, yeah, you know there are. There, I'm sure the family. There's no doubt about it. I never felt heat from the family, but I know that they were like, "What?" They would text me, "What are you doing? <laughs> what the hell? Right. Why would you do that?" What you know, so I knew that there was like this underlying joke. I yeah. knew that, but there was never like a fight because I would never let that bother me. Yeah, yeah. 
there was more friends. I would say friends more more friends than family. Yeah. Uh, but the, the family was definitely silent uh, whenever I was I was I was doing all these. I guess you could I would say odd. I mean, entrepreneurs yeah. are odd. We're strange. We're weird. We're the ones that put themselves on the line to to do and try to chase something only we can see. So yeah, I could see how it can be weird to many people. Uh, it's just that it's worth it to me. So I, I was willing to accept that. I think a lot of people are unwilling to go through those times of looking like an idiot in front of your friends and family. I mean, dude, look, the, the, the bottom line is there's, there's like, you know, there, there, I've done it where it makes no logical sense at all. Even to me. On paper? Even, no sense. Like, even to me. Like, what the hell am I doing this? Why? Am I doing this? Right? But, like, there's something inside of, of an entrepreneur that just, like, says, because you have to. Uh, Ken, Ken, here's a perfect example. And I think a lot of people could not do this. Maybe. Maybe some, but not all. Uh, I would work at a gym from 5 a.m. till 9 a.m., okay? I have a college degree. I worked at a gym for, like, 10 bucks an hour, maybe 8, 9 bucks an hour, I think, from 5 to 9. Then I would work from nine to about six or seven at my startup. We rented an office down in Southside, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, had interns from Duquesne University. I'd go back and say, hey, I need interns to help us out. So we had a bunch of interns come in, try to help us grow this startup business. Total failure. So for eight hours, I'm working, not making any money. No money's coming in. Wow. I don't even understand that, but I, for a startup, we're not making any money. Then I would go from about eight o'clock to 11 as a janitor. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the North Hills, but there was doctor's offices up here. Yeah, yeah. So here I am. Here I am, 25, applying, 26 years old, applying to be a janitor at night. You know, that right there is such a depressing feeling. Okay, here I am. I had all these aspirations. Yeah. But now I'm working at a gym, and I'm a janitor. Think about what your family thinks of you, your friends. Any girl you date, you can't tell them you are yeah. a janitor at night five days a week. Right. Holy so crap. all this really teaches you this this lesson of okay I'm willing to do this how how much further am I willing to go and I know that just by doing this I'm already a leagues ahead of of yeah. people who have already stopped their dream has died they're not willing to do this so I know I have something special inside of me and you never saw and and I this is what's I think incredibly important you didn't see the janitor thing or the gym thing as permanent. You saw it as a means to the end, right? Like the, the end goal is my, my entrepreneurial journey, my business is going to take off. I just need to like, I, I, I'm going to be real, man. I've looked back and thought, how in the hell did we eat? Like, I don't even like, like there were like, you know what I mean? Like there were times I couldn't make payroll. I was overdrawn. I was like, how did we eat? I don't know how we ate like food. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Did you have you ever done yeah. that? Like look back and thought, how am I not dead? Well, I lived off of eggs and bananas for about two years. Eggs right. and bananas. That's the cheapest way to live, by the way. Anybody out there starving, yeah. you can make eggs. That'll last you a long time. You only have to need a couple bucks. But going into a food land, with yeah. with change, uh, you know, and, and, and it's very easy, by the way, Ken. I could have just thrown in the towel and got a job paying fifty thousand dollars a year. That would have been easy. That's an easy way out. Yep. 
but I would have killed myself because it's not where I wanted to be. And I know that you really do have to go through those crazy times to have a better story in the end. But that's the essential part is sometimes you really have to dip down lower than you really want to. And that's what makes you more successful in the end. So, yeah, how how do you get through those darkest days? I don't know, but you do. You're a survivor. Survivor. Yeah. Ramen noodles and Parmesan cheese. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you can, bear, get, you can live i used to get yeah. so creative with ramen noodles man like how many ways can you make you can chop up hot dogs and put them in there <laughs> it's, it's crazy well, and, and, that, and once you start to have a little bit of freedom i mean we yeah. finally broke three hundred thousand yeah. dollars basically in one year and once you start to get a little bit of freedom, now I'm thinking to myself, now I want to get my life back. What do I want to do? So you think of all those things that you sacrificed. I'm telling you, dating goes out the door. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to take guitar lessons. I can't do before that. Uh, I wanted to go and travel. No traveling. I can't drive a nice car. But once you start to do all that, you know, and start to become successful, you're like, I'm going to get my life back. And that feeling gives you a whole new push. And you're basically, okay, guitar lessons dancing lessons i want to get my jeep wrangler i want to i want to do everything i I want to travel i want to go to vegas yeah and it makes it more enjoyable in the end i think because you went through it yep that's right dude i i mean it's it's exactly why you're not born a millionaire because like dude if you if you I, i it's why you see generational wealth dissipate like it goes away because the kids don't have to work their asses off for it and don't appreciate it the way that, I mean, it's just the way it is, man. I, you know, it's not, I'm not judging by any, yeah, any you're right. Well, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have it in the beginning. You know, yeah. I respect those people who do have it, but yes. they still have the work ethic. Yeah. There are people out there who are born millionaires and they have yes. the work ethic. I agree. That's, I, I don't know if I would be that way. I'll be honest. Yeah. But yeah. But the fact of, you know, my phrase started from zero. I don't have any hats around here. But my the phrase that changed my business was started from zero. And that's what, uh, you know, related with a lot of my audience. And that's what, uh, you know, it's it's it gives me my advantage. I, I came from, you know, no money and connections. So whatever I get, you know, I earned. And uh, I know that that sort of gives me an advantage in a boardroom meeting. If I'm with someone who's born wealthy, I, in my mind, maybe I don't, but in my mind, I believe I have a psychological advantage. I, I mean, and, and I do agree. I, I agree with that. As a matter of fact, um, a, a buddy, a client of mine, Fran Taylor, um, has been in the he's been in the automotive training world for a long, long time. And him and I were talking yesterday because he he grew up. He's a little bit older than than I am, but he he grew up with you know like no running water in the house, an outhouse, like, you know, in Pennsylvania. And, and he's like, he's, you know, like today. And I was talking, because I'm talking to him on the phone. I said, hey, I'm getting ready to fill up my, my cup with some ice from my ice maker. Um, hang on, it's going to be a little loud. And, and so, so I said, you know, and when I got done, I said, you know, just the other day I was thinking about this ice maker, which I complain is the loudest ice maker on the planet. But like, <laughs> like, like I, I, I was like, but then I stopped and thought, geez, I, I have an ice maker. Like I have a freaking ice maker in my refrigerator door. And I can remember, I can remember a time when I thought, 
Dude, having I want an ice maker. maker. Like holy crap, man! You are rich if you have an ice maker. <laughs> that's 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 the God's honest truth, by the way. If you had a good ice maker, you're like, oh my god, yeah. these people are. And, and these you are have a class. water thing right next to it that's filtered. What? Like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good so, way to put it, man. You have an ice maker back in the day. Yeah. You were financially bar phones, ice makers, all those people were rich. Right, right, man. So, so <laughs> you know, I think that. Um, I, I think, you know, this show, again, is about helping people have a breakthrough. And I know you, you deal with a lot of people on a daily basis. And, I, I, you know, if, if, like, what is it that you think, just this is about your opinion. Um, what is it that you think keeps people, okay, let me, let me frame this. I have I have friends that are like I have a a couple of good friends in in law enforcement and and they you know maybe 5 or 10 years away from their retirement and and you know but they have business ideas that they want to pursue but yeah. they they're like and as soon as I retire and get my pension I'm man I'm going all in on this deal and I'm like man that doesn't that just for me I can't relate to that. Like, I cannot relate to that. Like, if I have an idea, man, it's go time. I It's on, like, Donkey Kong. Like, right? right. So, like, yeah. what do you think keeps people, and I don't want to say stuck, because they'll, they're in law enforcement. I don't want them coming to my house. But, but, like, there's a lot of people, though, that have that, that mentality that, that oh, are yeah. there, right? And they can't, they don't know how to, get past it what do you think keeps people there man i i mean i in my newest book i talk about your want is your greatest asset i think truly some people want it more and so if they want it more they're willing to risk more and now that th there's those two pieces but the other part is some people get stuck in a lifestyle they can't get out of very easily i mean if you have three kids and you have they're all yeah. depending on you and you have a wife I mean, I know, and I'm, it sounds crazy, but I don't think I would have made it to, with successful business if I was married and had kids. I mean, I just, I mean, maybe there would have been a way, but what I had to do was so uncomfortable. In my mind, I would have felt so guilty to put them through it. Yeah. So you get stuck in this lifestyle that it's very difficult to get out of, and if you have to get out of that to start your business, you're going to lose something, whether it's that wife or kids. So number one, I think it's the want. I mean, I know I can look in people's eyes and I know that I want it more than them. So that gives me an advantage. I'm willing to do things that they're not willing to do. Right. And it's not really what you're comfortable with. It's what works. And so, you know, getting over that hump is a whole other game where I know that what I need to do is way different than this person. And so with businesses that are all pretty much doing the exact same thing, there are little gaps. And maybe you have to segment your audience and say different things to different people. And then you're willing to exclude others, which is another mentality that you have to get over where you're pissing off people in order right. to fire other people's up. Right. So the want is number one. Number two, I think, is is probably the sacrifice. Uh, you know, sometimes you just can't sacrifice things in, in your life that other people can. Yeah. Uh, as a single guy, whenever I was starting out, I was willing to just sleep under a bridge to make it. You can't do that for other people. So I, I would say those are the top two reasons. Do you, do you agree with that? Dude, yes, completely. I, I, again, 
like I'm like I'm I'm not I'm not afraid of losing everything and maybe it's because I I I didn't have anything growing up right and or I've lost everything several times and and got it all back I I, I don't know I, I don't know what that is but I think that that um, that people do get stuck and you're right man that lifestyle they get stuck there and and like all the what ifs it doesn't work out kick in, right? You're making eighty grand a year as a as a cop or a, 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 a whatever. It doesn't matter what it is a nurse or or whatever. And you, you the the thought of going from that to I might get a paycheck if if I sell something or whatever, right? Like uh, it, it's not even just the fact of you failing, but it's. It's right. other people seeing you fail. Oh. It's other people counting on you. And, and I, I <clears throat> this was something I talked about before, but with, with a client recently, removing the safety net yeah. and, and burning bridges, we're not burning bridges, but burning the boats, I guess you could say, yeah. I, you know, it's part of me. I believe that, you know, if something doesn't work out or whatever, you shut the door, you never go back because if there is a bridge or if there's a path, you're more than likely to go back. You know, I don't want to go back to that job ever again. So you know what? I'm gonna. I don't care. I'm. I'm on my way. I'm going forward. And if you have a path backwards, you always retreat. So removing that safety net and saying it's do or die. And I think that there's a there's something inside of a person. And I don't know if you can quantify it or if it's just you know I'm a Leo. I know I'm born in August. Or I'm willing to put myself out there and be judged a little easier. I don't know what it is, but being able to say. I'm going to do this or I'm going to die doing it yeah. is something that, you know, it's, it might be a trait. I don't know if it's learned, but I'm will, I have it in me. And most entrepreneurs that I meet with, you know, and I don't care what, we have a bunch of books here. All these people, they all have adversity in their life, but they're willing to die doing what they love rather than living with something that they don't love, I guess. Dude, I love that, man. I love that. So, so if, if, and I ask every guest this question, my wife's on here, by the way, she's, she's, she's typing her notes of, of everything you're saying. Um, so I ask everybody the same, same question. If, if somebody called you up and they said, dude, everything is, yep, there you go. can you hear me? I think I yep, think there you go. You cut out first. I think it was the internet. We had an internet yeah. hiccup. Um, somebody calls you up and they say, "Man, things just aren't working out for me. Um, I'm broke. I can't figure it out. Can't feed my kids. Can't. They're shutting the electric off tomorrow. My car was repoed. By the way, I had my car repoed in front of a bunch of employees once. That was cool. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, man. Dude, that, talk about a bad day. Holy crap. I was like, it's okay. I pay my bills. <laughs> like, except for the car payment. But, um, yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah, you made a mistake. Get my car off your tow truck, dude. But um, so, you know, but they, they call and hey, my car, my car was repoed. Shutting off the electric. I don't know what to do. It's not working out. What are you going to... Because you and I know that it starts right there. It's right there, mm -hmm. man. All it takes is making the decision to quit being a... I'll, I'll hold up Grant Cardone's bracelet. 
don't don't be that anymore and and right like it takes making the decision to 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 make a change but what do you say to that person in that moment who's can't even buy ramen noodles is this is this from a failed business or are they stuck doing something that's not a failed business yeah i don't know okay Either. Oh, well, I was there. I, first, first off, I would tell them, you know, number one, I don't give advice without telling you I was, I did it. Right. So the threat of credit hitting max levels, yeah. uh, them shutting off electric, trust me, this has happened many times before, yeah. uh, you know, willing, willing to hurt your credit score. My God, people always said, oh my God, you don't want to take on debt because you're going to hurt your credit score. If I didn't take on debt, I got to work for someone else. My dream's dead. What's the point of this whole credit score? Right. You can always fix it. Everything can be fixed. Yeah. Electric's getting shut off. Okay, use that. All right, so that's good. Yeah. You have now a reason to push harder than ever before. You have to get creative. You have to do certain things. Use all this. Okay, being clever and working for someone else got you to this point, sir. Right? Yeah. How did that work out for you? Now's the time to kind of you know transform. Talk about even Marilyn Monroe going through this transformation period in my documentary, and and basically it's a rebirth. When something like that happens and you're at this crossroads and getting your electrics uh, cut out or car t towed away or yeah. people threatening, you know, my mortgage was behind for two months for about a year and a half. You know, that right there, some people are not willing to accept that. I'm willing to say, listen, I'm getting bill collectors call me. I don't care. I'm going to make it. I'll get you paid. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But that all gave me motivation to either wake up earlier or stay later or get smarter. Yeah. And I think it's the third the third thing that really uh, really allowed me to succeed. I just got smarter working. I didn't let people screw me over. I didn't let people cut me down in price because anytime someone says, you know what, can I do it for a little bit lower price than you? I think back, boom, electric bill. I think back to all those times that all this stuff was happening and I and, and something fires me up and says, you want to you want to keep me poor? Is that what you want to do? I'm never going to let that happen again. So I yeah. fight a little bit harder. So every time someone comes to me and says, man, all this is happening, I said, I, I was there. But use it as fuel, get smarter, work harder, but also take bigger bigger risks. And if anybody out there is doing something like you, you got to stand out and be a little bit different. And think about being broke for the rest of your life. Are you willing to put yourself out there and and, and stand out a little bit more? Is that pain of, of growing going to be worse than actually – being you know broke and not having any options so i think of you know i tell them to outweigh you know the the greater good over the pain of uh maybe living a stagnant life so i it's sort of like analyzing your your situation but uh i think that using all that as a motivating piece to pushing yourself even harder than you thought you could even go wow dude that that, that, <laughs> that that might be the best answer I've, I've gotten on that question that you're you're a thousand percent right man you gotta you gotta get smarter I, I I'm gonna tell you like it's not about I mean look I, I work hard ask my wife I work 16 hour days quite often like sitting in this office not and and I'm blessed to have a wife that, that like, she's an entrepreneur. Well, she wasn't an entrepreneur, but she is now, and she gets it. She just stands behind it, and, and Very she, nice. she's amazing, right? So, but, like, you know, it, I think that figuring, it makes you smarter. It, it, it really does. does. It like, does. It, it, yeah. it's, it's not about, like, 
you don't necessarily have to work harder. Like, uh, well, that's I'm glad you bring that up. People say, well, do you wake up at four in the morning and work till 11 o'clock at night? No, I, I, I think about work a lot, yeah. but I'm not sitting there working. And the reason why is because you get smarter. OK, uh, I don't I can't do this. Let me outsource. Let me find someone who could do this. Right. So you think about it like, OK, well, now people are going to say, oh, is that an expense? Don't you want to limit expenses? No, you want to find people to basically offset some of the things that take a long time. So you can focus on being the income producer, the revenue stream, the one that's out there growing the business. Yep. And so you work smarter and you do certain things because you know that I have to grow it rather than just stay at a certain spot in my, once I hit a plateau, I'm thinking to myself, I need to make a move. I need to buy something. I need to invest in a person because I can't stay here. I need to keep going up. Wow. Dude, I love that, man. So let's, um, let's talk about real quick. Cause I can't even believe we're at the end of the hour. That's insane, wow. bro. Crazy. That went like that, didn't it? Yeah, I, I thought it was a half hour already. Jeez. No, we're at 52, 53 minutes, bro. So, so all right. So that's crazy. So um, let's talk about. I want to get to how people can follow you and all that, but let's talk about what um, what you do specifically in your business to help people. What what is it? How how can you help the average Joe out there that's that's you know punching a a clock every day or, or, or whatever. What is it that you can do to help people? Well, I get their thoughts out of their head down on a piece of paper into a professional book in 30 days. I get them the cover design. I get their thoughts out and, and clarified. So it's not just about getting their words out of their head. I mean, you can use a program to do that. Yeah. But what I do is I keep them on a guide row with a Q&A. And through four hours of a conversation, I'm able to say, what's the essential surface level piece of their brain that they need to tell their audience? I don't want deep level stuff. I want stuff that if someone were to stop them on the street or on stage and ask them a question, who are they, what do they know, and how can they help the person? And therefore, if someone's able to read the book or see them in person, it's synonymous. I mean, it's dead on exactly the same. So what I do is I, I get their stories and their lessons out to the audience in a very clear, concise, and professional manner without taking a lot of time from the author. Four hour conversation turns into a 120 page book. The author gets two edit run throughs to make any tweaks and changes. It's almost as if we create a painting that's 80 or 90% done. And then they go through and put their final strokes on it to really make it theirs. Every book is custom made. There's no template. It's all based off of their lessons, their stories, and what they want to teach their people. Maybe they're already teaching already with yeah. a course or some type of program, but we're just doing it in a way that makes it entertaining to read. Right. Story, lesson, takeaway. Story, lesson, takeaway. 15 times throughout the book, it's your 120 pages. And then we take that book, give them 20, 30 different cover designs. You know, I have many different designers. We give that to them. They make any changes, make sure they're happy with it. Cover's done, book's done. And then we upload to Amazon. And then we also do the bestseller strategy. So at the end of all of this, what I do is get them a book so they can use to grow their brand and get more attention. And I always talk about attention is the end product and that's what we're trying to sell love that dude holy crap so um how much 7500 bucks half down half upon completion 30 days later or if you want a 40 page booklet which we're doing now for free plus shipping so this is what we found out to be better lead generators these little booklets the hero booklet. so we could do a 40 40 page booklet four yeah. by six 
very similar to the Millionaire booklet by yep. Grant Cardone. Uh, people were, have been asking for this for years. I just finally figured out a way how to do it and scale it. Um, and this is 3750 bucks. Dude, that's freaking awesome, man. What's that book? What's that one called that you're holding? This is called the, he the Hero Booklet. Now, you were asking about the jacket before. So red is like my color because it's my favorite color, but it's also, you know, passion, energy. And when I started to do certain things with red, it was sort of a symbol of, of, of being allowed. And I used to give clients uh, Steve Madden red high heel pumps. Uh, I used to do sunglasses. I did hats before. And once I started to put red with like, you know, my jacket, yeah. it was sort of like my trademark. And so that's why you see this is like this book is you see the red there is the, to highlight it. But it's it's all about chasing the hero, your own hero and becoming that person. Ten years ago, if you were to say, hey, who's your hero, Mike? Well, I'm working at a, as a janitor. I would say, hey, some guy who has a successful business, can travel whenever he wants, uh, drives a Jeep Wrangler, uh, dated the dream girl. Uh, and does uh, incredible things working with entrepreneurs. So I, I was able to do that. Now my vision of a hero is a little bit different, but it's all about chasing that person. So this book helps you define who your hero is, what you need to do to get out of that job, start a business. So you, and it all starts with the business, by the way. It's not, yeah. I, I think the mindset's important, but you need to get a business so you can make money doing something that you love and what you're good at to really expound on other parts of your life. And that's what this book will help you do. Start. Start becoming the hero of your own story by, you know, starting your business. Wow, dude. How old are you? 30, 34. Good Lord, man. <laughs> Whatever. Gotta go. Bye. See ya. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's insane, dude. You're 34 years old. Holy crap. 16 but, years. Yeah. So smart, though, man. My, my wife just said that, too. So, so, oh, um... Dude, that's so smart. Everything you just said. So, so the um, how can everybody follow you? Where's what, what's your website and and, and all yeah. that? Well, people still think my website is. Uh, I don't even want to say the first one because it's an older website. But Dreamstarters Publishing is my main website. There's another one out there called Dreamstarters University, uh, but that is only kept up for SEO purposes. My my web guy will not allow me to take it down due to its its power. But DreamStartersPublishing.com, take a look at everything, and then you'll be able to find me on Instagram at the Dreamstarter, at the Dreamstarter. Okay. Uh, and then you can always find me on Facebook, obviously at Mike Fallett. And those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. And then he, obviously through the website, any email goes directly to me. My operation is five women writers. They're all women writers. I have one assistant and me and then many designers all across the world. So anytime you do business with anything regarding my, my uh, company, it, you only deal with me at this time. Wow, dude. I just put it up dreamstarterspublishing.com. I have some people on here um, putting it in the stream. So thank you guys. Anybody that's um, dropped it in the stream. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so, Wow, Mike Fallon, dude, you, <laughs> yeah, might, you might man, be dude. my Thank new you. hero, bro. <laughs> well, ever since I started to invest in a sock company, you'll see that there's a lot of sock models around, and yeah. I've been getting a lot of messages from guys saying, hey, you officially became my hero. Yeah. So that is all by design, Ken, all I, by design. I, I, I saw the photo shoot, man. That's, that was... <laughs> 
<laughs> Ken, uh, so we're doing our first YouTube ad. I have not invested any advertising dollars throughout this entire company. We've made, you know, for $300,000 this past year, yeah. no advertising. So those people out there saying, I don't have any money to start a business or advertise, either did I. So anybody, that's not an excuse. Yeah. But when you start to make money, we can put in some crazy advertising. And you'll see some of those pretty soon here on YouTube. We're going to start there. You, you'll like them. I, 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 pay for, <laughs> I pay for YouTube premium, so I don't see ads on YouTube. If you, I'll make sure you see it. Don't worry. Yeah, you're going to have to send it to me, bro. So, man, I, like, hey, look, thank you. Again, I apologize to you for my voice, but I, I can't, you know, it is what it is. I, I, it's, it's off. But, um, you know, um, Mike, you're, you're the real deal, man. And, and I, I'm, I think it's freaking awesome. I, I, the entrepreneurial journey is, man, it can be a pain in the rear end, man. I mean, it really can. And you've done it. You've made it. Or at least it's, you're making it, it, you know? Yeah. We're just getting started, too. So people always say, oh, you happy now? Heck no. The, the journey is only getting better. Right. And, uh, and, and, and I don't want to be just here next year. I want to be a little bit further and do bigger things and have a bigger team so we can accomplish more. Uh, so we're just getting started, man. And I appreciate you you saying all that. That means a lot. Dude, my wife is following you now. And I'm, I'm trying to get her to start using Instagram more. So she just followed you on IG. Nice. We got nice. to get her some followers. CSI, CSI Jill something. I don't know. But um, anyway... Okay. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I I can't even believe we're over an hour now. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Wow. Thank you very much, man. Any any uh, anything I, you need from me, just let me know, Ken. I uh, yeah. I'm very very honored that you had me on. Dude, I, I'm honored you came on. So everybody, make sure you go follow Mike. If you have a book in you that you want to get out, this is the dude right here, man. This is the dude. He'll he'll help you. So, all right, man, I'm going to, don't, don't hang up on Skype, but thank you guys. Thank you to everybody. A lot of people shared this out. So thank you for that. Y'all rock. And we'll see you guys very, very soon. Peace. Have a great day.